Hey guys, Future Mark here. Before we jump into the episode, I just wanted to chime in and let you know I had a little bit of like a slight audio issue uh, on this episode. Uh, one of our mics was picking up some background noise, uh, and I think it's, it's literally like a dryer in the background, and I didn't recognize it whenever we were actually in the show recording, and I wasn't able to get rid of it as well as I had hoped in the post show. So I wanted to give you a heads up about that because... Obviously, audio quality has been really important to us here at Legends Cast. We want to give you guys the best possible product that we're able to give you. So I wanted to go ahead and jump in ahead of time, let you know that I did see it, and I apologize. It's still a great episode. We have a really great conversation about the most recent patch and just sort of the state of LOR in general. Um, so I'm really excited for you to get a chance to listen to it and tune in. Um, thank you so much for all of the support that you've shown the show over the last couple of years and your dedication to listening to it. Once again, sorry for that little audio hiccup, uh, but I hope other than that, you enjoy the episode. You're listening to Legends Cast, a podcast about the cards, the meta, and the community of the Legends of Runeterra. This episode is brought to you by listeners like you. To become a supporter of the show, visit patreon.com slash legendscast. Let's do this. Hello and welcome to Legends Cast, a podcast about the My name is Mark or the Lift from outside of Pittsburgh, PA, and with me tonight is my always exuberant and extremely excitable co-host. I don't know where I got that. I just <laughs> made it up off the top of my head. It was good. Gibbles and bits. You guys thought it was somebody new coming on, but uh no, it's the catastrophically creative Gibbles and Bits. Gibbles, how you doing tonight, dude? Good, man. Fourth host, fourth host, what? Yeah, yeah, you are the third and the fourth host tonight. I just, Double I just, up. You just expanded my adjectives. I'm, I'm just going to fill another role. Maybe I'll just start talking in a new voice next time we have uh, Legends <laughs> Cast episodes. Yeah, do something a little different each time that I yeah. introduce you uh, slightly differently. Hey, yeah. That would be fun. That, w- that would be great. That would be great. Uh, well, hey, we're back. It's been like a month, but there's lots to talk about in Legends of Runeterra. Plenty, uh, plenty to dive into right now, which is exciting and, uh, and, and super great. So, uh, I don't know, man, uh, what have you been playing in LOR recently or yeah, you know, there's, anything there's else a, really? There's a lot going on in the game. I mean, we've had a lot of things switched up. We've had a lot of new decks coming in and, um, just new champions to play that feel like, and maybe not necessarily new to like the game, but they feel new because of all the changes. Um, we've had yeah. some things kind of get bumped down that were a problem that maybe aren't so much a problem anymore, but they're still there. Um, I have been playing quite a bit of stuff, just trying a, a bunch of, uh, the new changes. But I think one thing I decided to, to kind of stick with is, uh, I built a, uh, a dra- a Yumi dragons deck today and yesterday. Ooh. So, I mean, uh, but I, I primarily target the Yumi on the two drop the what is it the um the two drop that makes all of your dragons cost one less uh oh yeah yeah which i which one is like the two mana one one yeah it makes all your dragons because they buffed it the herald of the herald of dragons oh they actually buffed it okay it was was so it was so insignificant i didn't even know the buff happened i guess it was so killable (laughs) before at a a one one they buffed they buffed it to a one two but yeah if you put Yumi on that so that way it becomes a three four and then the next turn it grows to a four five and then you can start spamming dragons on the board it's pretty good I also have found out that I really love the card winds of war the, oh the three, yeah the three the three cost slow spell that's 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 new um relatively um 
Winds of War, three cost slow spell for Demacy, a fully heal an ally, and then an ally and uh, an enemy strike. Then they up. strike. Yep. So that, that card's actually very good. That card's actually super good. Yeah. And I, I, I've kind of thought that was a bit of a sleeper card for a while. Like I thought that that was like it was seeing a lot of play in formidable. But I was like, now nah, I really feel like that card's probably good outside of formidable. I just didn't know exactly where it would be good. Like where it got better than single combat was a little uncertain to me. Um, but yeah, but it sounds like you found a good place for it. Yeah, yeah. certainly with dragons. Well, and I still do run hack like some of the formidable stuff in there. I mean, running Shivana, but like running Mountain Drake as well, because it is a dragon. It does have the fury stuff. Um, sure. So but being able to buff up the defense again, which is essentially buffing the attack. To then for it to strike again something and get some of that back again because it gets plus zero plus two every time it kills something instead of a plus one plus one with fury so that's a really good kind of combo to it but yeah there's there's a lot to do in uh kind of dragons and formidable right now so i wanted to kind of dive dive deep into that what are, have you been playing my friend well i didn't play for like two weeks okay so what? uh I was, dude, the, okay, so <laughs> I'm just I got to Diamond, I got to Diamond, and then out came Sundisk, and <laughs> I, I have expressed this in Discord multiple times, I went through it on stream, why I think Sundisk is bad for the game, why I'm upset about it, right, I don't need to rehash it, nerf his ear, like, nerf him into the ground, Make him a, a, a three mana zero zero that when he dies you lose the game. Get rid of him. Um and but you know what I uh I but I I went back in with the changes and I started playing around with um uh Swain Caitlin again because the problem Very was fun. that that deck was so polarizing it created a couple of things. One, Swain Caitlin could technically beat. Sundisk, but not easily. It was still a rough matchup for it because you had to go second and you had to have Scorched Earth in hand to beat it. Otherwise, you lost. So, but the revert, like the stuff that beat Sundisk was aggro or hyper, hyper, hyper greedy control. So, we're talking Targun's Peak, like really hyper greedy random control and aggro. And both of those decks are really good. In many ways, the type of aggro that was being played against Swain, uh, Caitlyn. So I was really struggling with it, especially against like the Targon's Peak decks and stuff. It was so obnoxious. Um, but I have broken it back out since the patch and have had a lot more fun with it. I've had a lot more fun with it. So that has been really enjoyable for me personally. That's what I've been getting into. But we also have some announcements uh, that we would like to get into, right? Some stuff that's going on because we got some other projects you want to tell us about your you want to start off tell us about your and dbn's project because you guys have been working yeah so we have been um we've had we've not said a couple times uh just on different different areas but uh we have uh dbn and i did broke nerd our, our third co-host uh we have a podcast for pokemon unite that we've been doing and we're now three episodes deep um i think the third one released today actually um yeah it dropped today Drop today on our Discord. So AOS Airwaves is a podcast about uh, Pokemon Unite. Um, it's a mobile game that is on uh, Switch and on mobile. And we have a team, a five-stack team that we play with 
uh, of members of our Discord. They were established members before for Legends Cast or even listening to uh, Almost Legends, our tabletop RPG podcast, the other show that we've got going on under Camp Legend. And we formed a, a five-stack team, and we've been playing that game, Pokemon Unite, for um, probably close to six months now and loving it. And Absolutely. Uh, competing in some some high-level tournaments and getting better, progressing. We actually had a pretty good showing. I can't say we because I wasn't there. I was I was off enjoying my uh, anniversary with my wife, but the the rest of our team competed in uh, a tournament and actually walked away with a positive win record. So that's nice. only further sparked our love of the game, and uh, we created a podcast about it. So we're kind of doing that biweekly and uh, running a podcast about Pokemon Unite. We encourage anybody who wants to learn how to play the game, or if you already play it and you're looking for people to play with, we've got a section under the uh, Camp Legend Discord server a couple channels for AOS Airwaves uh, for that podcast. So we encourage yep. you to jump over there, get in the conversation, listen to the episodes, and uh, let's help that baby grow. Yeah, and one of the reasons I've been meant, I was even I wanted to mention that was because this last week or so, we've seen several new people come in who want to play uh, Pokemon Unite. There was a guy who came in today, came in from my stream, heard about it because DBN was in my stream. We started talking about Unite. He's like, I want to play Unite with you. So he popped over into the Discord. So there are people. So there's more five-stack teams or so. The game is really not great, and I think most people can agree with this. It's not as good. Maybe not great. It's not as good playing by yourself, but it is super fun when you get a chance to play it with other people. And so there is that opportunity, and you can dive in. Maybe you haven't played it. I didn't really pay it, play it much since launch, but I've been playing with these guys on and off and really enjoying it. When I get a chance to play with four or five guys at the same time, it's, it's a much better experience for sure. Yeah, so. and the game is always more fun, obviously, when you're learning and doing better and becoming a more skilled player at the game, too, which how do you do that? By playing with other people who have also played the game for at least for a little bit if you're new or just playing with other people. You're right. It's playing solos on, on Pokemon Unite on any MOBA probably is not super enjoyable, but playing with at least three or four friends is uh, it becomes a very good time. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the other announcement that we have is about the Legends Cast Discord League Season 3. And there is a chance that we're actually going to have another announcement out about this in the not-too-distant future. Um, because I, I don't know if the winner... I haven't got a chance to reach out to the winner and find out if they are going to be coming on the show or not. But the LCDL did crown another champion, although it wasn't... A new champion, Nerf <laughs> Lulu, uh, now holds the crown for the most wins before he was tied with an EU player who doesn't play the game, to my knowledge, anymore. I'm actually hanging out with that EU player in a couple of weeks. He and I are just going to catch up. Maybe it's later this week. I can't remember. I'm definitely catching up with him. But Nerf Lulu wins his third LCTL championship. Um, and coming in there is Astro Fresh, one trick of Kali, Gangsta Bob, who, of course, Came in fourth this time, but came in first last season. Um, all those people, really awesome folks. Thank you guys so much for playing in. Congratulations to Nerf Lulu LCDL Season 6. Winner, baby! Yes, Winner. he's showing that he is still at the top of the mountain. Uh, after another season, he had a great showing. We had a, we had a really fun, this, is, this was a longer season, I think, of the LCDL. But, I think we uh, were just more casual one. about people getting their matches in. Because yeah. it literally wrapped up about the right time, but I feel like Astro and uh, and Nerf Lulu 
they had like some scheduling conflicts. It took them about three weeks to get their championship match in. So, it, yeah, which Astro, was fine because they were the ones who were waiting on their own stuff, right? Yeah, Astrofish had a really good, uh, really good showing, and uh, was was really happy to see uh, Astro make it make it to the make it to the final. Um, I called him Astro Fresh, which is definitely not his name. It's Astrofish. That's my bad. He's got a, he's got a big old <laughs> he's got a big old fish on his on his his icons. Uh, that's that's how I knew. But uh, yeah, he, uh, uh, it was it was a really good uh, shout out again to Gangsta Bob, who is our previous champion from the last season, who came up with the idea, I believe, for the the masquerade format that we just closed out with. Yep. So um, that I think has been my favorite and most successful. Uh, style of kind of deck restriction that we've done for LCDL so far. So I'm excited to see what we do if we do another league or when we do another league, what the restriction will be. And we are all about the submitting suggestions and hearing from our our listeners about what they would love to see. Uh, the creativity kind of there, there's no bounds to the creativity of what we we can put on a restriction for for the league. I mean, who knows? Maybe we'll even put a restriction. Maybe we need to put a restriction on Nerf Lulu so that way he doesn't win <laughs> on him on him. Yeah. yeah, I think we can probably see it happening. Uh, if there's another league, uh, the next league would be probably summertime, so June or July. So we'll probably have a month or so off before we cycle back to to get the Discord league up and going again. Uh, take a take a little break from it. Give people a little break. Get some new people into the community. Um, and also get an idea about, you know, where the game is at the time. Although I think right now it's at a pretty decent place, but, uh, I think so too. But before we dive in and we talk about the patch, which is the main subject for this episode, why don't we dive into our next segment that Gibby's going to be leading called deck name game. Force is meaningless without skill. All right. Deck name game. This is, this has been an original segment of mine that I have run for quite some time. I love it every time we do this, and and we haven't done it enough. And I've been I've been chomping at the bit to get back to, uh, to this segment. Uh, deck or deck name game is a, we have a channel for it in our Discord, and is essentially I want to see what decks you guys can come up with. It can be a crazy creation that doesn't work, but you tried, and it's a meme, or you can create something that's really competitive that's just got an awesome name to it. And it it's we've had so many people submit ideas. Because we also have a deck tech channel, which maybe is meant for more serious decks that we actually think could like do some damage on. Rank and we get a lot of decks in that usually right now in the client. So, so I was like, why yeah. not just name the good decks that you guys are, are throwing? Throw them back over to deck name game. Let's have a bunch of submissions because I want to highlight a cool combination, especially with all these changes that we have uh, with certain champions and, and patches. There are new decks that are either working or not working like they used to, and that needs to be highlighted. Uh, I've got a couple that I just want to throw throw out there uh, name-wise. I'm really going to go into one of them like I typically do. I really liked Jeth's uh, deck of Glorious Mechalution. Uh, mm. It's a Rumble Victor deck that highlights maybe the more Mecha Yordle focus that Rumble received and also the resurgence of Victor since he now kind of got cheaper buffs with his... Um, gaining of keywords, the oh, spell that he creates. Yeah. He's bonkers. He's still extreme. Victor's, he's a, Victor's a powerhouse. Victor might yep. be the biggest winner over the past six months, I'll say, in terms of strength. Oh, so, yeah. He's he's gotten very well. Between him and Azir and maybe Udir, they've, <laughs> yeah, they've Azir, become Azir. very good. Yeah. 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 Victor's so, great. So Victor is really good. I really liked that deck. 
uh, Axtrofish actually put a deck in there that I also liked uh, called Krakaraka, which is a Soraka and Renekton deck. And I loved his Krak- explanation. Great it was name. just like, hey, sometimes you get Starspring out and you you would go for a Starspring win. Sometimes you get you get the Krak out and you you just hit him in the face and you win with the Krak. So whichever one works. Okay. He just really, he really wasn't tied hey, to one. Hey, if it's winning games, right? You know? Yeah, he was like, I'm not really tied to one way or the other for a win condition, but whatever one pops out of my deck, that's cool. Yeah. And the one that I really want to highlight, and I think you and I agreed that we loved the name conveniently, if you just scroll to the bottom of Deck Name Game right now, it's right there, recently submitted not more than an hour ago by our one and only Jonathan C. is Cat Burglar Smash. Cat Burglar Smash jumps in. Cat Burglar Smash, which is an Akshan and Yumi deck. So Akshan is known to be the, the Sentinel good guy burglar almost the robin hood i'm, mm-hmm. I'm gonna steal yep. things for the right reason so summoning all of his warlord hordes and all of that but yumi being the kind of cat sure the cat of the cat, cat burglar that, yes so you put them together and you got a cat burglar so uh he's running a lot of the typical tools that you'd see with akshan um so sure. rock hopper and uh, so hothead i actually think is probably one of the coolest inclusions in here hothead says every time you strike uh, you get you add a keyword keyword oh, that's to the top champion in your deck. So hothead. Is I've really always cool. thought that card was interesting, but never really found the place for it. Right. Well, and you think about it when you. I mean, that's ideally you'd want to put a keyword on a hard to kill unit, like a hard to kill champion. Well, when you mm-hmm. attach Yumi to Akshan, who's already got Akshan's biggest weakness is that he's kind of got some lower stats. But yep. the minute he's got quick attack on him, so the minute you put Yumi on Akshan, he goes to a four four, and then it started that turn. It's probably going to be towards the end of a turn that you do this. He grows to a five five. He's now sitting at a five five worth of stats. Throwing a keyword on a five five with quick attack, it's pretty good. That's going to be very hard to remove, especially if it's a good keyword that comes out. Uh, the Vakaron Vagabond, um, just creating more more tools for you to kind of keep units alive. Um. The arsenal. So the arsenal yep. is kind of the big probably coming the, in to close the game. Yeah. Does he run a lot of landmarks then? Like because Arsenal deals with landmarks, right? I'm like ninety percent sure that that's the case. Yeah. So every every landmark, I think it's every landmark you summon, um, is okay. with was with the arsenal. And he is running several landmark tools. I mean, he's got Rock Hopper to create the um though every time the ne- next time your opponent plays a unit it's going to destroy itself and grant grant it vulnerable he's running bomber twins inventive chemist to summon another landmark as well um right of the arcane for a uh, little bit of uh, landmark destruction to be able to do some damage to your opponent one copy of unraveled earth so summoning those two uh roiling sands to be able to drag some opponents yeah so he does roiling have sands the- has been like an mvp it was like I feel like that was another card that was really slept on in Shirima. Is like Roiling Sands has been so strong for the faction recently. Like any any landmark, and I just feel like people yeah. were weren't running it as much as it should have been this whole time. Well, and yeah, yeah, un, some yeah, playing Unraveled Earth to summon two Roiling Sands is 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 nuts, especially since it's also a card cycle. He's only running one copy though. You could probably argue running another, but he's yeah, also running six well. legit landmarks, being Ancient Prep. 
agent preparations to do a little bit of uh, digging for for the tools that you need. Um, but then, and also some preservarium for extra card draw. So there is a lot of landmarks that you are um, playing. Yep. Uh, but uh, it's mainly to kind of keep units alive, keep Akshan alive, buff him up with Yumi, get, some, get a bunch of good attacks in, and then finish off with the arsenal. So I don't necessarily know from a tempo perspective if this is like a turbo Akshan deck, but it feels like a really cool way to play landmarks because typically anytime you start throwing landmarks from Bandle, Bandle City and, and Shurima in a deck, who are you looking at? You're looking at uh, Talia. You're looking at Ziggs. You're looking at yeah. um, Mr. Electricity. Azir Man, now. I'm, Azir now. And why am I blanking on the other? Uh, 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 Malphite? No, not Malphite. Malphite? I mean, he is the other one who would use, would use landmarks. He's just so bad. Zareth, yes. Yeah, yes, Zareth yes. wanting landmarks to proc as it's well. It's just funny when we talk about landmarks that neither, like, we don't even consider Malphite as a card, although he's, like, supposed to be built around them. Well, I, kill, <laughs> I, I consider him. He's just not in, he's just not in those, two, those two regions. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I always think uh, it's easy to get confused about regions now with the dual region champions because I always forget, like, you were like Bandal City, and I'm like, that doesn't match because it's Yumi. And then I'm like, oh, wait, all of Yumi's not exclusive to Targon. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I always forget. That's that. a good point. I didn't even think about that. But yes, it's, and I mean, and also they have plenty of landmark tools with all of Zig's destruction stuff. So yeah, that's sitting in Bandal City. And also, we even forget that Zillion. Zillion's also a landmark focus with his time bombs. We forget yep. about him. There's too. actually kind of a tremendous number. Yeah, there's a tremendous number of. There's more landmark champions than than I think that there are. You know, like I I still think of it as being because we played from beta as being like a obscure, like less viable, like strat. But they've they've really done a good job at pushing landmarks. To the point now where there are a lot of champions that interact with them in varying ways, you know. They pushed landmarks like several other things in the game should have been pushed. It, and, and we would be much happier saying that, oh, look, this this got pushed just like this got pushed. Like, I wish I wish they had continued to make more deep cards. Yes. Yeah. There are some other strats. I don't know that deep is one of them for me, but there are some other strats that I wish we would have continued to see more content for. Mm -hmm. uh, but landmarks has been... Yeah, the crimson package. Heavily. I also wish they built more things for. Yeah, there's a like I said, there's a handful of stuff that I look at and I'm like, yeah, I, I could. And they are they they are revisiting some, which we're gonna get into in just a minute, right? Because they actually are revisiting a few things. And uh, I don't know. Are you ready to talk patch? We have yeah. our our deck name game winner Jonathan C this week, and uh, but there's a lot to talk about, and we're not gonna be able to get to all of it. But we're gonna get to some of it. How's that sound? Main segment ready? Sounds good. Time for the main event. Okay, guys, in our main segment tonight, we're going to be talking news, and there's really not much to talk about in news except an overall look at the Patch Notes 3.6. Now, in these Patch Notes, we're promised a lot of champion changes, and I'm going to go over what's in it very briefly, and then we are going to have a 10,000-foot view conversation for about, oh... 20 minutes or so uh and we're gonna we're gonna talk about it for about 20 minutes and take a look at it and just discuss what it is that we're seeing in this what we like what we don't like that sort of stuff so let me go on the 10,000 foot view here and just hit it real quick Gibby and then 
I'll let you talk and, and dive into some stuff. So first off, second anniversary, you get seven days versus of login rewards. Those things are going to be done on May 11th, which still allows you, uh, I think at the listening of this show in two days, uh, it, it still gives you a full week, I think, that you can log in and get everything if you listen to this, which includes yes. probably two of the best skins in the game. Can we be real about that? The Jinx They're and the Vice so skin good. might be two of the best. I don't understand why we don't have skins similar to this for all of the champions. It, it, like the the artwork that's on this new Jinx skin and this new Vice skin. Now, these aren't ones that come with a level of animation, but they are but just they're free. Kind of- <laughs> but they're free and they're base level kind of new skins that you can pick from for Jinx and Vi kind of from the arcane season. And the artwork on them is so clear. Like you can see everything on them. What I love about them is that they don't come with new level up innovations, Gibby, but they don't even need them because they they're not so far off of their cooler but not so far off of the original artwork of the characters that the original level up animations are unfitting for them. Like they would still make sense for the most part. They would. And like, I, I, I could feasibly run either of the, either of the skins and be happy, but I really definitely do want to keep logging in. Um, I was gone majority of the weekend, so I missed a couple days, but I think I've still got plenty of time as we're, as we're talking, it's got eight days left, I believe. For me to lock in. So I think this oh, yeah. promotion runs uh, through next Tuesday. Uh, yeah, yeah. Next I think Tuesday Wednesday, Wednesday, technically. Next Wednesday, technically. So there is opportunity to go and get these skins. So make sure that you go and get them. And uh, yeah, I'll be logging in to get them. Uh, you get some other stuff, too. I don't think the rest of the cosmetics or anything to like write home about. But the two skins are really nice. Um, we got three new cards, Might of the Vanguard for Demacia, uh, for Glory, for Noxus, and Inner Beast for uh, Freljord. We got card updates. Ash now levels if you reduce anything to zero, not just frostbiting. Darius now cuts the Nexus life in half, uh, or so it, he levels if they have half their life rather than 10. This only matters in Path of Champions. Galio got a point of health, which is all he really needs because he is formidable. Garen now buffs your board with plus one, plus one until the end of the round in both level one and level two. Karma now generates a spell at the beginning of each round at level two. Katarina now summons her zero-cost blades edge at level two. LeBlanc now immediately puts a mere image in your hand when she levels in addition to generating them at level two. Leona, Leona got overwhelmed, and I can't. I feel like she had overwhelmed, then she didn't have overwhelmed, then she did have overwhelm, or I can't remember what she's had. But level two has overwhelm. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know if she had overwhelm with her to begin with. I, I don't think remember. she. I don't think she did. But they gave her overwhelm. They're like, well, she's already got the weapon in her hands, and the only people were like hard slotting three copies of um, Zenith Blade. Yep. into like every Leona deck because that was really like the only feasible way that was in Targon to give her Overwhelm. Because um, I think the only way in Overwhelm, only way in Targon outside of that is Dragon's Clutch, but that's for dragons only, so that can't work with her. So they were like, let's just give her Overwhelm. Hopefully that'll open up some deck slots. Yeah, yeah. Malphite uh, stuns stuff when he comes down now. Uh, stuns the... Just stuns an enemy. Um, yeah. yeah. Nasus now has Fearsome at level one. Nocturne now uh, uses his ability on level two when you summon or when you play something, enabling a couple of new, probably bad, but interesting combos. Scion went up, I don't know, an attack. Um, Udir has new level up. He now levels up instead of dealing damage to the enemy nexus seven times. It is played stance swap three times. And 
His stats went up plus one attack. Vlad gained fearsome. Um, Ambush went from two to three, nerfing that. Ballistic Bot went from a one three to a zero three. Uh, we went from fast to burst on Blood for Blood. Ruined Sun Disc now only gives you nine ticks when you level up a champion instead of ten. Glorious Bone Crusher is a rework. Reputation now makes it cost three instead of two, but it also gains Overwhelm. Uh, this All Seer uh, now generates a uh, stance swap and makes the first one you play each round cost zero instead of the one you play this round cost zero. Swiftly Lancer gained Elite. Vandal Tree got nerfed into Oblivion. Vanguard Squire went down a mana. Yurtles and Arms got gutted. Dragon's Protection went from slow to focus. Shadow's Apprentice is still pointless. And then a whole <laughs> bunch of changes to the basic how the game plays, which is insane, and we might get into that tonight. Champion skins, uh, if you got uh, any of your epic level skins, now got some bonus cosmetics. The most important one, obviously, is Santa Braum. Um, and uh, I think that was about it. If you complete all of the all of the quests that are out right now, you'll get the City of Progress icon uh, for all the birthday quests before next week. So, Gibby, obviously, like, come on. There, there's so many adjustments to champions here, so many things that we could talk about. I have a ton of stuff that I want to talk about, but I want to know what you want to talk about first in this conversation involving this giant patch. Well, I think the patch is very interesting. I liked some of the changes that they made with dialing some things back. It wasn't exactly hoping. It wasn't exactly what I hoped for in a couple different areas. Um, like for example, break, break was, into that a little bit. Yeah, what do you mean? I by was that? hoping for a bigger, I don't know, a bigger change to come to Garen and a bigger change to come to Vlad because they 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 hinted that like Garen and Vlad and um, Katarina. Even, Katarina for that matter even Darius like they hinted that there was going to be big changes coming to those like those champ couple champions I named like they even named those in like certain press releases and I didn't feel that those changes were as big as maybe I was hoping for like they're not mm -hmm. a full rework and I was like I feel like if you're going to name that you got to make it worth your like worth, worth our while to like really rename them like I, I don't think Vlad seeing any more play just because you threw fearsome on him fearsome is kind of almost fell unless we're in a meta where it's really like if we're in a really aggro meta where like spiders are really prevalent yeah. or like at one point mistrace were really prevalent i don't think fearsome does as much as people think it does or at least it did at one time so throwing fearsome on vlad didn't really stop a whole lot they, they yeah. said that he was having a hard time dealing with chump blockers and i was like really chump blockers to me were never his problem Why? he wants you to chump block with him because then he regens at the end of the round like sure that wasn't his problem so like i was hoping for a bigger change on vlad because i have a vlad pantheon deck that runs the crimson package that i really love from a playstyle perspective that i was hoping would kind of be better seeing some more changes and i was also like hoping oh they said there's going to be a change to vlad maybe they'll change some more things to the crimson package nope nothing at all um Garen, I wish he had maybe received something a little bit different as well. The one plus one, the plus one plus one buff is nice. Uh, when sure. you when he when he gets summoned to everything else, I wish he also received that buff when he came down. That would have mm. also that would have been a that's a small change, but I think that would have been a little bit more impactful to me. I think my favorite change from everything is yeah. Ash. I think they made the change. Ash they is made interesting. I think the change they made to Ash was smart. Because it's not as if 
frostbiting something is irrelevant. It never was. It never will be. It's a really cool tool, especially since you have a wide variety of frost uh, bite elements, uh, like with brittle steel and actual just like three minute frostbiting something and just like like flash freeze. You can flash freeze. Like you do like you can do whatever. Like you've got you can harsh winds for like six mana and do things like that's a core part of the game that's like never going to change. But I think Ash needed to kind of break out of the box she had been put in for so long and just saying, hey, there's we have so many more tools now that play with the strength and attack of things. Mm-hmm. It is smart for them to expand how she Try something triggered. new. Like my first, and I was kind of sad at this, right? And I think maybe other people have kind of figured out how to play it. I was trying to build this deck first before it became popular after the patch. I wanted to build Ash Shurima because Quicksand is bonkers now. The fact that it it's you can split it amongst sure. two things to do negative two attack on two different things and and kind of mute the keyword the positive keywords. If you have two chump blockers early game and you and you draw a quicksand, you can split that and get half of Ash's level up requirement in one spell. Which like, is that's crazy. Awesome. It's very strong. I just don't think Sharima Sharima naturally doesn't necessarily go with Ash's package. So what was the best way to do it? Pair her with the champion that's still in her own faction. So Ash Udir has become very popular, and I was trying to figure out how to build that deck. I think people just figured it out faster than me. So I saw a net deck on it, and I was like, oh, okay. That's the way that's supposed to be built. But Yeah, now I see it. When you've still got... Um, You've still got scrying sands. You've still got other tools in here um, for Sharima that makes sense to make that deck work. But that was never a combination, is my point, is that's never a combination that we would have thought of or to, to try or would have even attempted to trying to play um, those cards to even proc Ash at all. Like the, like running Exhaust, you would have never run Exhaust with... Um, sure. With it because there it wouldn't have been worth running Sharima. So I th- I think they they they've they've kicked Ash out of her box, and she's now more viable. She may still play with a lot of the same cards, and you can still run, you can still run Brittle Steel and send something send something with three or less health to zero attack, and that's still great for Ash's level up. Playing her and having her attack and having her frostbite something is still a great play. Uh, but I just think that she's her future is better too whatever else they come out with. You're like, oh, as long as there's any sort of attack manipulation, she will be relevant. I I think that she's one of my favorites as well. And I want to get back around to something that you talked about. I want to get back around to the word rework because there's been all of this hyper focus on the word rework and like, well, they didn't say they were going to rework it. And that's not a, you know, yada, yada, yada. So there's been a lot of, a lot of conversation about whether or not they said that there was going to be a rework and what a rework might be and what that would look like, that sort of thing. I think that's an interesting conversation to have, so I want to I want to talk about it just a little bit. Go ahead. Um, first off, they did come out and kind of say that they were going to do a rework. I think they named LeBlanc, Garen. I think there was some conversation around Darius, so there's there has been some conversation around a rework. This isn't, we're not just making that up. There was conversation. And then they came out and they said a rework is for them is basically anything that's not just a stat change. So 
If it's not bumping a stat, but it, it's changing the text on the card in any way that they consider that a rework. Here's my question. Is that a legitimate, is that a rework? Is it actually a rework? Because I'm kind of of the opinion that it's not. Like I, I don't think I, so. Like, I hear what they're saying, but I'm just kind of like, I don't know. Like, so what they're saying is, basically, they're saying here, Garen is a rework. Like, what we got from Garen for them is a rework. The plus one, plus one, because it's, it is something that is going on, you know, and it, it's something that's, you know, like happening on the card that isn't just a bump in the stats, which would make Karma, Katarina, LeBlanc. Uh, and I guess also just not adding a keyword, right? Malphite. Um, all of those things would be considered quote unquote reworks. But I have, I have a, I have a, just have a straight up difference of opinion of what constitutes or what is a rework then, because I, I don't know about you. I just don't buy it. Like, I just don't buy that that should be the level at which we say, oh, congratulations you've reworked the card. Like, I think the way, I think the category for rework is it should change the way that you can play the card. I think that's the option that should be. And so I think that Ash is on the point of being a rework because there are new ways to play the card. I think that Garen plays the exact same way. I think Karma plays the exact same way. Katarina, still as trash as she was, plays the exact same way. LeBlanc, the exact same way she's played. Um, I would, I could argue that the change to Nocturne could be leaning towards the category of rework, That's only because ground, of the right? harrowing. What was that? It's like middle ground, right? Like, yeah, Nocturne's kind of in that. One. Now, here's an, here's an example of an actual rework that they put in there that they didn't hint at beforehand that we kind of got a surprise on. That's been really positively received, and it's made it of an impact on the meta right now or just prevalence and play and play rate. Udyr's change. Udyr's change. Yeah. Udyr's change I, is, that, a, is that's a, a legitimate that's a rework. Rework. He he plays completely different. The reason you put him in a deck, the reason you slot him the way he levels up, the the goal of the card is different. That is a rework to me. Um and it's not a huge one, but the the fact that he levels up differently is enough of a difference that you do play him differently. So and, and let's let's talk yeah. about what that change is. So they've changed Udyr's condition from you've damaged the enemy nexus seven times this game, which really didn't feel like it paired with the identity of Udyr. To now, no, it's to it wasn't now aggressive you, enough. You've played one that gave him a bump in his base stats from a four four to a five four, which. Oh, rework? No, it's not. Uh, Actually, played... is significant. That is an actual significant. Bump. It's a good change. It's just not a rework. But they they turned his level up condition to you've played stance swaps three plus times this game, which he created a stance swap in his old form. Previously, whenever he struck, he created a zero cost stance swap in hand. He created other... one or turned it to zero, which is still or turned the same. it to zero. And there are other cards in his package upon release not so not too long ago that created stance swaps and they mm -hmm. also added that new uh the new two cost burst spell that you meant that you mentioned uh inner beast uh which i thought I've... was trash at first it's not actually that bad 
Oh, no, I actually thought that was a card that I think I was pretty on the money with. I evaluated and said, yep, that's a great card. And I think that card, even at his old, even his old version of that would have been fine because, I mean, you're creating a card in hand, a targeted card that's going to give you benefit. And, I mean, think about... Um, to be fair, when I saw the card, I was like, uh, two mana, put a card in your hand that you don't want. But that's not how it ended up actually playing out. No, not um, necessarily. I mean, I think they also there's there's a follower that they adjusted as well that is is a little bit of a later game option. Uh, the the Hiara All Seer that also mm -hmm. works off of stance swaps. When I'm summoned, create a stance swap in hand. The first yeah, stance that also swap you works play with each stance round swap. cost zero. So if you already had a stance swap in hand that you created from Inner yep. Beast and then you played that, it's now going to cost zero that turn. Like that there's value there even in it just because it kind of co coincides with the overall goal of I'm going to play stance swaps on things. So I, I didn't think that that card was going to be bad, but that's the example of a good positive rework. And I think half the time for me, reworks just need to be because either something is a completely irrelevant or it's not thematically kind of fitting what that character, whether it's in League of Legends or the mm -hmm. identity of the region wants it to do. Sure. Yeah, and I could agree with that. I could agree with that. I, I you know, uh, I just, I had a, I had a significant disagreement with, well, I was on stream and I was talking with people and I, it's not, I wasn't like heated or anything, but I was just like, uh, like, I don't think, uh, granted, I think that the change to Garen is a good change. Like Garen is better. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that Garen is not better. I'm saying that just simply reinforcing what Garen already pre-existingly wanted to do is not by default making Garen a rework. Do, you know, does right. that make sense? Mm -hmm. I, I feel like that's fair. I feel like that's fair. Like if you want to call it a rework, then it has to change the way the car interact, the card interacts. It has to change the way that the card plays. And if it doesn't do that, then I just have a, I have a big problem, you know, calling it that. So that that's kind. I don't know. That's just kind of where I was with this. Um, it. I, I'm excited for some of the changes that have been made because I I do like a lot of them. Do we want to talk at all about the way they changed magic, like uh, like the way cart like spells play? Because I do, but I, I have one question for you first on the topic of reworks. Where do you fall on the devs changing the cost of a champion? Like, where does that kind of fall on the spectrum? Because to me, that's a more of a significant change. But it, once again, it doesn't necessarily change the identity of the card. But it does change the way that we evaluate and the way we play it. Yeah, that, that for me, that's a little bit hard. Um, and the only reason I say that is simply because it, it does, it does, it does, it changes the way that we play the card. But it has to be a significant enough change that it, it changes what champions and cards that it plays with. And I just don't, there's not a lot of, I don't know, I, in my opinion, there's not a lot of changes that come out in card value that do that. And if it's significant enough, they usually have to change some other aspect of the card, right? You can't just make Trundle cost three and call it a rework, right? Because you're going to have to change everything else about Trundle if you change their mana cost enough for it to be a rework. Does that make sense? Yeah, like I think the changes, like the slight changes and then the the, the significant costs 
reduction or no bump that they did a while back to Lee Sin. Like that was a rework that had a significant uh that the 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 cost the change the cost in the change in cost good good lot words um the change in cost to the card itself was a major identity shift from what Leeson was doing to what Leeson now does i think that was i would consider that a rework heavily influenced by the cost change yeah okay i think that i i i can get on board with that i could i could i could say that that's that's a fair that's a fair assessment yeah yeah um, but yeah, let's talk about the whole change in some of the UI changes that they made as a part of the patch. So there were only, there were some visual UI changes um, that I, I've gotten mixed reviews on from some people. The mm-hmm. now there's extra buttons and things on the board that kind of feel like it's cluttering. Whenever something is attacking, you kind of see like a little sword, and it shows you on the other side of the board uh, if you're the defender what units are defending. Uh, it's a little bit more clear now when things are going to die or there's now a visual on the left side of the board. I think maybe before this patch it was there, but I'm kind of now noticing it more about what the actual total is going to be of the life reduction from you swinging on your opponent or them swinging on you. Yeah, I'd say it's slightly more clear now than what it was. Yeah, things are brighter and you can kind of see changes. Uh, you can see the differences in... Like what's going to stay alive, what's not going to stay alive, what's defending, what's available to defense, that way you don't make any mistakes. And maybe that's the, I think that's a lot of the reason that they did this is just to not have the excuse anymore that people made the mistake because they couldn't tell what was happening visually. Sure. Yeah. It's it's just a little bit, it's a little bit more clear now than what it was. Yeah. So little chevrons and all that on, on characters. The stack is a little bit more clear about what's being attacked on things and what's being targeted. But I think the the changes that you were talking about are a little bit more gameplay changes, right? So the yeah. biggest one is that they have now merged two words that we typically did not, we previously did not kind of consider synonymous, the words play and the words cast. Yes. Playing something meant it was coming out of your hand. It was leaving your hand to enter onto the battlefield, whether that be a spell or whether that be a unit, you would play that. They are now saying that play and cast are the same thing. Yes, which is, I mean, obviously an enormous change in the way that some cards play. And so this is this is probably the one that I would say is just the most confusing. It's the most difficult to explain. Because yes. it's not it's not super cut and dry as like this is how it works. So for example, I think maybe the easiest example that I've seen put out there is uh specifically around uh uh Ezreal. Like if you before in order to get the procs on Ezreal, you'd have to play a bunch of burst speed spells, but now you don't necessarily need to play a bunch of burst speed spells in order to, you know, get his thing to work, right? If you put five fast speed spells he'll actually respond as soon as you play those spells which is very different from you know what what we've had before in in the game here's a good way to put it here's a good way to put it play no longer means resolve yes it doesn't have to resolve resolve. they don't your opponent does not have to hit because on play on skills like play skills and slow speed spells and fast speed spells 
where it would create a stack, like in the case of a fast speed spell, your opponent had to hit, okay, I've got no other further responses for play things to resolve and then be considered casted. Now, as you've described, anytime you either play a sp- you 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 throw something out of your hand mm-hmm. or, onto the board. Yeah. As soon as that is it's visible to your opponent, it is now considered casted and considered played. And it will yep. count towards ticks of progressions like things like champions, like you just mentioned with Ezreal. Yep. So I, I wish that we had more time to dive into the full depth of everything that's changed in the patch. I think that um I originally thought that Sundisk wasn't really going to be impacted at all. I think that Sundisk has been impacted more than what I expected it to. I did not expect Udir to matter at all. Um, and Udir did matter. So those two I was wrong on. Um, a Yurtle in Arms being gutted, Bandle Tree being gutted. I feel like I was right on that. Garen not mattering. I think I feel like I was right on that call. Um, you know, a Nocturne, everyone was really excited. Play Nocturne with Harrowing, way too hard to pull off. It's never, ever going to happen. I didn't even um, play it with the Harrowing. That's the thing. I think, I think I put one copy of it in the deck. I didn't even play it with that. You know what I did? I tried to level him, and then I played Haunted Relic, which is... Uh, oh, the, that's the an two, interesting addition. The two-cost load speed spell that puts three one ones on board because all three of those one ones give your entire opponent's board negative three attack. Yeah. And they also get fearsome when you attack. Yeah, actually, that is that's that's actually a I didn't even consider that, but that's actually a really good addition. That yeah. haunted relic makes a lot of sense with him now. Um, there's lots of other stuff that we could get into and dive into with this, including some of the new cards that were created. Why two of them are total trash and one of them is less trash. Um, probably the Frailyard one is legitimately good, whereas the Demacia one and the the Noxus one are are just really, really, really bad. Agreed. Um, so you know, overall, it's like. Yeah, you changed it, and yeah, the metagame shifted. Is this as far as I think the community wanted to see them go? I don't think so. I think the community would have sat back and said, like, quit working on UI changes, quit worrying about play and cast, something that works perfectly fine, that nobody really has asked you to touch or mess with in any way, shape, or form, and go make Katarina different. Like, uh, allocate your resources towards what the community is saying is important instead of unless there's a unless there's a big difference between the cast play stuff that's going to be needed for some sort of an upcoming champion that we don't know about which is always the possibility i'm not against the cast play change i'm not against the ui changes i'm not against a, the, a lot of the stuff that they made i'm just saying i think everyone sat back and said they were really excited for this because they expected some a different level of revitalization into the game than what they got now this. I'll tell you if they keep up this like if this is the new standard of We the, got this every month, le- great. The level of degree of patches, this would be great. I wouldn't feel as underwhelmed by this. So and maybe But if we get we'll this see. once a year? Once a no. year then I'll, then I'll like, then I'll be a little This upset. can't be once a year. Like right. yeah, we we need more than this once a year. I totally 100% agree with that. Yes. Credit if and if shout we got out these them. once a month, sure. Every other month I'd take it. Sure. Shout out to them for also being able to adjust pretty quickly. That Victor, that Victor's change was really, really strong, and yeah. um, and dialing back not necessarily him, but some of his tools. They they dialed back ballistic bot and they increased the cost on ambush, which I think was also yeah. becoming a problem card. So I was really happy to see those two changes. Uh, for the Blood record, for Blood is a really became, interesting. 
really good in my time because I play it in my deck with um, uh, Kate Swain. And mm-hmm. I'm running Kate Swain with uh, the, the thing that five mana, every time you cast a three-cost spell, it gets better. Um, I can never remember what the name of that card is, like the trifecta, tri... Oh, tri-beam, tri-beam, tri-beam improbulator. Yeah, so I run tri-beam in it, and as it turns out, when you play, uh, if you have like a Swain on the board and you play your Leviathan, um, you draw an extra card, so it activates ambush, and you can ambush on your Swain. Uh, so an ping elusive Swain pings everything. Um, in addition to that, I'm running Time Trick in the deck, which allows you to elusive some of your other stuff too, which is really good. And even if you can't elusive, sometimes just the plus two attack on the Caitlyn plus buffing your tri-beams uh, in order to get a quick attack uh, strike through is good. Unfortunately, you know, a quicksand still exists is a card. Um, and uh, a is, good is, one too. is absolutely... Just busted. Brutal. The card's, card's absolutely busted. But yes, they made adjustments to a couple of, of the tools that you're going to see, you know, that were being played with uh, with Victor. I, I don't yeah. think Victor's any worse. I think Victor's just a good standalone. Like, he's just good like, now. I would like to highlight on something that I think is a result of this patch. And as you mentioned, how where, where do we feel like the game is right now? Is it in a good place? Is it not in a bad place? So I did a little bit of searching. And in case you didn't know this, whether you're a new player or that you're an existing player that's just never taken a look at this part of it, if you go into the game and you go, you hit the play button and you look towards the bottom left of your screen, you'll see the leaderboard. And you can kind of see whose usernames and all that are at the top of the leaderboard and ranked right now. And you can also see what they're, um, what decks they're playing. I, one of the guys, I think he was like ninth as we're recording this on the leaderboard. He's ninth or 10th, you can't see his deck. I don't know why he doesn't have one there. But I was looking at the other top 10. Outside of two people in the top 10 or 11 decks, two people are playing a Sun Disc deck that's got Zerath in it. The other nine decks are all different. That's that good. is crazy. I don't know if I can ever say that I've seen that in my time span of being an LOR. That's crazy. Like, I'm... I'm seeing a Lulu deck in there. I saw an Elite deck. I saw a an Echo deck. Uh, sitting Echo. There. I That's saw, preposterous. Yeah, yeah, I saw. I, I actually clicked on it and imported it because I wanted to see. And it's it's a relatively standard. It's an aggressive, but it's a relatively uh, standard time trick deck uh, mm. with Zillion and an yeah, Echo. I saw a deck in there that was a discard deck with Scion because Scion got. Um, buff slight recently. buff. Yes, yeah, yeah, he got buff. he got a slight buff recently. So there's a lot of different uh, decks in here. There's a Vi deck. Um, just kind of clicking through some of them. There's a Scouts deck sitting at like number five. Uh, there's a Pantheon deck. So there's there's so many different viable solutions out there to fit your play style. Which is probably my biggest advice right now is if you want to continue to try to ladder up and play the game competitively, don't just know what the best decks are out there because I don't think there's any one answer right now. There's some stronger Mm. champions and other ones, but find a deck that fits your play style. That is so important to being able to pilot properly and win games because you don't make mistakes. It's just knowing what your play style is and knowing what you enjoy. So that's really encouraging for me right now to see such variety in the top, from top to bottom. It doesn't feel like any one deck is dominating and people are complaining about it in Discord. 
Sometimes silence is a good thing. <laughs> that was me. That was me last week hating on SunDisk with every part of my being. Because well, uh, you had a reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I feel like I was valid in that. Um, okay, well, hey, we're going to wrap up this episode, guys. Let us know what you're thinking about the patch. Join us in Discord. Uh, you can grab a link for the Discord, uh, the Camp Legend Discord here in the chat. We'd love to have you come and join us. And uh, yeah, it'd be, it'd be great to have you over there. Let us know what you're thinking about this patch. What decks are you playing? What are you enjoying right now? And send them to me so that I can figure out how to occasionally win games. That would be really great. Uh, also, something that just goes and win streaks from Diamond to Master uh, without losing in like two hours would be great. If you could just send so me good. that list. That's all I want. I just want to be Masters without having to work for it. So please <laughs> let me have that. Don't we all? Yeah, don't we all? Okay, well, let's wrap up this episode by jumping over to Closing Thoughts. And I thought I was already perfect. Okay, as we wrap up the episode with closing thoughts, I want to let you know, uh, first off, uh, outside of this, I'm a pastor in addition to being a podcaster and streaming a bit, and I get the opportunity to pastor and lead an awesome church that's entirely online inside the gaming community called Lux, and we'll throw a link to the Lux Discord here in the chat and uh, to the Twitch page in case you want to come and check us out. In fact, if you listen to this episode when it comes out, you can come and join us for a collection of talks about mental health that we're having right now. If you're listening to this on the day it releases, it'll be on Wednesday night at 8.30 p.m. EST, and we'd love to have you come out and join us for that. But in addition to all of that, my my shameless little plug there uh, is that we are doing, a, a, I've been thinking a lot about rest because I took some time off uh, this past weekend for my birthday and for the weekend before just because I was burnt out, and I took some time off, and I was thinking about how do you rest and what is the importance of rest? Because I think so many people get burnt out because we don't properly rest. And I'm not talking about like sleep. I'm talking about like genuinely being restored. And so I, I came up with a couple of thoughts on how like steps for how to become restored. And I practiced them two weekends ago and it went awesome. This last weekend, not so good, but that's okay. Uh, the first one is learn the signs of being burnt out. Learn how you know you're so being burnt out. What does it look like for you? Some people get angry. Some people turn to addictions. Some people, you know, whatever. Mine is apathy. I just stop caring about anybody and anything. Um, I just check out, right? So when I become super apathetic or I find myself listening to someone talk to me and I'm like, I don't care about anything that you're saying right now, I know I'm on the verge of burnout. Next, figure out how long it takes you to be able to start entering a state of rest because not everybody can just be like, I'm off today. I'm going to be rested. Like, a lot of us, we can't shut our brains off from work for a long time. It's really, really hard for us to do that. And so for me, uh, it takes me about 30 to 36 hours before I can get my brain shut off and actually spend some time resting. And then finally, my point was like, hey, what actually restores you? Like what genuinely restores you? Because a lot of times we do things that don't restore us. For me, I love video games, but video games are not restorative to me. They're an escape for me. What restores me working in the yard, getting out on my bicycle, spending time with my kids. For me, honestly, long times of like quiet, meditative prayer, like that is super helpful for me as well. And so, yeah, all of that to say, like, figure out what your signs of burnout are. How long does it take you to actually be able to start being restored and resting and then figure out the things that actually restore you? Not just things. Don't just assume the things you like doing are restorative to you. Getting tilted in 15 games of Valorant uh, does not mean that you're being restored. It just means that you're tilted. You might be more stressed out at the end of that day rather than rather than you are rested. So, 
yeah, that, that's my, those are my points of advice. Hopefully, you know, hopefully you find that helpful. If you're just feeling exhausted, perhaps you just haven't figured out the right recipe for how you rest. Um, I don't know about you, Gibby, but I've, I've needed that recently. Yeah, rest is good. Uh, it's needed in every stage of your life. Don't care how old you are, how young you are. Rest is always needed. It just looks maybe different in different stages of our life for me and for different people. For me, rest is recharging through being with friends, being around people, going out and doing fun things, um, being up and active, uh, and also just spending time with my wife. Uh, I love kind of doing things with her. She makes me happy and makes me feel at peace. So like that's um, really restorative to me. It's just being able to kind of spend some time with some good quality time with her. Um, but yeah, rest looks different for everybody. And also just kind of think about what you, once you're rested, what do you want to proactively, or what do you want to do with all of the the energy? And now that you're back to like 100% and your batteries are full, what are you going to do with that rest? How are you going to be productive with it? That's probably the last step of it, I would say. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. What's next? What, what, what hill are you going to take? What's going on in your life after that? Well, guys, that's going to wrap up this episode. We're almost at a clean, even, nice one hour. And me and Gibby got to go play some Pokemon Unite tonight. Unite. Yeah, so come hang out with us in Discord. Come check us out. Come say hello. We'd love to see you there. If you enjoy the content that we're making, consider supporting us over on Patreon, patreon.com slash Camp Legend Network, or the link is in the description of this episode. Come and throw us a few bones. That helps us keep up the stream and do the Legends Cast Discord League and enjoy all of the other stuff. I said stream the feed. Thank you for being here. We appreciate you. You're amazing, and we love you. And be sure to come back again next week. Thanks for listening to Legends Cast. This episode was brought to you by listeners like you. Don't forget to join our Discord community and support us by leaving us a rating and review wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. A special thanks goes out to all of our Patreon supporters over at patreon.com/legendscast. Legends Cast.